When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. of California. My name is Michael, and I am a mere figment of your imagination. And don't believe what they tell you when they say salvation is only found in dreams. First time listeners out there, this is a very different kind of show, a place where you don't feel so alone. No matter what it is you do choose to believe, we do admire you for your curiosity. Joining me tonight is Ronnie Dawson, a veteran of the program. He's here to share his experience with all of us once again. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for allowing me into your hearts and into your minds. Here we are again on a night like this. Happy belated 4th of July, by the way. I hope you got a chance to spend time with your families or friends, whatever the case. I don't know about any of you out there, but I don't really care much about fireworks all that much. I'm sure many of you are still forced to do that sort of thing. Some of you have kids. Some of you have someone else's kids you have to take care of. I get it. I know some of you are held hostage. Don't worry. The sun will shine on you again, by the way. Someday, I think. I received some feedback from listeners out there recently. Some of you were concerned about me going for a drink at the Spotlight 29 Casino. Listen, I'm alright. I'm not dead. Obviously, I'm right here. Did you people miss me, by the way? I missed all of you, to be perfectly honest. I'm beginning to feel quite fortunate that I have this sort of platform. You know, without it, I'm sure I would have lost my sanity by now. Yes, it's one of those things that keep me grounded in this strange human experience. That and choking people. I'm quite in my element when I'm doing that. Now, we are a few moments away from talking to the guest, Mr. Ronnie Dawson. He's got such a wild story to share with us. 
First-time listeners out there, I'm glad you're here. This is a good one. Now, without further ado, let's get down to brass taxes and bring in Mr. Dawson. And joining me right now on the line is Mr. Ronnie Dawson. How are you, sir? Hello. I'm I'm grateful to be here, Michael. Good to talk to you again. It's very good to talk to you, sir. And first and foremost, I must say, I'm quite excited to have you back on the program. The last time you were here, Ronnie, was, I'm thinking, 2017, 2018. Uh, my God. Yeah. Do, you, do you even remember what you were doing back in 2017, 2018? I don't. Yeah, I remember what was going on, but I, I remember we I, we ran out of time. So often I run out of time when I'm telling my story because it's so stinking long, you know? I love your story, and that's one of the reasons why I brought you back on. I, I wanted you to tell us all about that story. And, my God, back when life was somewhat normal, you know, the good old days. Right. Yeah, hot damn. Good times, good times indeed. Before COVID BC, in other words. Right, right. And, you know, I, and I, I had some new experiences that you hadn't heard about, as well as the stuff we had talked about last time. And uh, I, I became quite famous since we've talked last time. You know, I, I, I was invited to go to the uh, Laughlin UFO Megacon this year and be a featured speaker. Uh, so it was my first time to go on stage and tell my story in front of a live crowd. And that was, that was something was nervous else. and exciting. Yeah, of <laughs> course. A lot has changed and you've been quite busy. You've been a very busy man, uh, Ronnie. You are going out to the conferences now. People are wanting to interview you. Uh, oh, yeah. And, and, uh, my, the Ronnie Dawson UFO story book is uh, actually. I love that. Man, I made a whole $48 in royalties last month. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making ice cream money, not really new car money, but <laughs> well, yeah, you're working on it. It's a work in progress. Yeah, it's well, you know, I've never, yeah, I've never, you know, even spent any money advertising the book, so it's almost like a, a best kept secret, you know. That's so right. People are starting to find it, finding out about it, and they're making purchases. You know, you can get it on Barnes and Noble, you can get it on Amazon, and and people are starting to find out and get that thing. You know. So. Right. And tell me about the conference, by the way. Uh, I have been kind of out of the loop in regards um, to the you know, UFO circuit, the uh, talk circuit. So I'm not really quite sure what's going on with those folks anymore. Um, you got to fill us in here, Ronnie. Yeah, everybody's been kind of doing online conferences in the Lofton UFO. Megacon was like the first in-person event. Uh, Nevada dropped all its restrictions, and you were able to go up there without a mask and all this stuff. So oh, it was damn. like back to normal, like back to the good old first days. major conference that was back to normal. You know. So you were in there without a so, mask. No one hassled you or anything like that. No, no. I've, well, you know, I've had I've had my vaccination. And a lot of people have, and and I think if you didn't have your vaccination, you were supposed to be masked up. But if you had your vaccination, you and nobody checked it anyway. I mean, um, but if you if you didn't have a mask, you were supposed to. If you didn't have a vaccination, you were supposed to wear a mask, but nobody enforced it. So was anyone? Conf- it was like the first big yeah. conference that was back to normal. Was anyone coughing inside at all? Not that I not that I seen no. I Except might. for some heavy smokers. Oh, some heavy smokers. <laughs> you know, I might I might even freak out a little bit if someone started to like coughing during the middle of the conference. If they just had like a, a coughing attack. Uh, could you believe that? Uh, would it freak you out, Ronnie? No, nah, not me because I had my vaccination. You know, so but you could still I'm get sick, good, though. You, know? you could still get um the, the new, you know, the new variant that they're saying. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's... It's always, you're always rolling the dice, I guess, when you get out in public anymore, you know, and that's something we're going to have to live with from now on, you know, it ain't going to go away, I don't think, you know. I don't so, think so either. Life is a 
bit of a gamble. And just recently, you know, I went to a casino and I didn't wear a mask. You know, I went and sat down at the bar and drank some beers, you know, and I was like, my God, am I taking a gamble here? Uh, some people say I oh, was. Yeah. Some, Yeah, some people say, well, yeah, Michael, you were. You were, you know, kind of going nuts there, not wearing a mask, just letting it all hang out. And I thought, yeah, I'm living, I'm living on the edge, no no doubt. Yeah, well, this, you know, they have this this uh, conference in the Aquarius Casino in Lofton, Nevada. So we're right there inside a casino. And uh, like I said, the, the alcohol, they serve you so strong, it would kill. <laughs> It'll kill anything. You might have in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> My God. It's not even safe to smoke around some of their drinks, man. My God. Yeah, and Ronnie, by the way, I have no idea what you um, think in regards to, like, COVID or anything that's been going on. You know, we haven't talked in so long, so I'm kind of curious what your thoughts and opinions are with, you know, all the things that have been going on, all the changes now. Where exactly is your mind now in in regards to COVID and all the shit going on? Well, it was kind of weird for me because, in uh, yeah, in 2020, I had a – I had an ET encounter. Uh, I guess we'll, we'll get into it later, but yeah, yeah. they basically took my consciousness out of my physical body and they gave my physical body a uh, vaccination. What? And they said to protect their interests. Oh it was my. on the back of my left knee. I had a triangle mark and, and I, they didn't tell me exactly what it was for, but I was kind of, and it happened in February, 2020, right about the time COVID was taking off. Oh shit. And I almost just wonder if they didn't give me some kind of a COVID vaccination uh. to protect me. Wow. Like you they know, had a vested interest in me, it, and they didn't mm-hmm. want to see me get messed up. You know what's so crazy, Ronnie, is that my dad, you know, actually very early on, he and he threw this out there. He told me maybe COVID was probably released in order to prevent, like, some sort of alien uh, takeover. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of strange how they come in there in February and they give me that thing, you know, and they said it was to protect their interests, but they didn't say to protect their interest against what, you know? And uh, and I did have this mark, and I actually got a picture of the mark that I, on the back of my legs. And nobody's gonna believe it if I don't get a picture. Of you it. have so a photo of that. I got a picture of it. Yeah. So did you? But send- I went ahead. I got the vaccination mm-hmm. as well uh, because okay. I want because I was traveling on the airplane and traveling Smart. to Nevada, and I didn't want to have to wear a mask around the casino. And I didn't know for a fact. I thought they might be checking checking people for other vaccinations. So I went ahead and got one because I didn't want to take a chance. I see. But I never got it. I was, I, and I got pretty up close and personal with COVID nineteen. But with some people who had gotten it, they were cl- in close contact with me, and I never got it. Have you been tested and, you know, though? For, it, oh yeah, well, obviously you it. were I, tested. Yeah. Yeah, I was up in close. I was up close and personal with them, like just a few feet away from them, and talking to them and other stuff. And I and I didn't get it. And we found out, like you know, we found out like two days later. Oh, they had it, and they were up at the basketball game, and we were talking to them and sitting within three feet of them, you know? Wow. And, and I, and I never got it. And I, I had a kid that got it here at the house and, uh, I never got it. Oh, a kid. So, oh, you're, yeah. Like a grandson or whatever out there. Yeah. I had one, I had one of the, it, it, it was running rampant up in the high school up here. And, uh, uh-huh. and we got two kids that go to school. So yeah. And one of them came home with it. And, and like I said, we tried to keep our distance, but that's kind of hard when you live in the same house and it's not that big a house, you know? Yeah. It's going to be tough. So, yeah, and I didn't get it then either, so. Well, that's good. I'm glad you are safe and you haven't gotten sick or anything like that. Yeah, so uh, maybe thanks to the ET vaccination, you know. But, you know, I told people, said, man, if you want to test my blood or whatever, if you can find a cure for it, you know, but people just like got to roll their eyes like, yeah, right, yeah, sure, ET, they give you a vaccination. And I was like, man, I, 
I'd share with everybody if somebody would believe me that I actually had one. Yeah. And do the do the research and the blood testing or whatever they wanted to do on it, you know. Now, Ronnie, uh, I, I wanted to uh, take you back for a moment here. I did record a clip from the last time you were on the program many, many moons ago. And I recorded this clip of you saying uh, it, it's a very funny line that I recorded on like the specific little device. And, you know, I did return that device and there are like preset buttons on this on this like little um, recording, this audio recorder that I have. And on that audio recorder is this clip that I'm about to play for you. So, you know, when I. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So whoever gets um, that digital recorder they're going to be met with um, this audio clip of you saying this right here, Ronnie. This is this is pretty awesome. So after I play this clip, you're going to have to give us a backstory uh, to, to this right here, Ronnie. Here we go. Lady, okay. is it okay if I have sex with your husband? <laughs> Let's hear that one more time. Yeah. Let's hear that one more time, Ronnie. Lady, is it okay if I have sex with your husband? Okay, Ronnie, that, that's one of my favorite clips in the world. Give us a backstory to that for the, the newer listeners. Okay, the the backstory to that was uh, this this happened. Uh, this was the uh, August 2017 visitation. Uh, it was like I said, uh, I've been seeing the UFOs for years, and uh, and uh, I've seen the cattle abduction, and then I had the alien home invasion. Right. And uh, then a year after that, I had the the mothership fly over, and I had seen three three UFOs in a one hour period. And uh, and and like I said, they they I had seen them in my house. I had seen them up in, up close and personal. But I had never had a conversation with them. But in August 2017, uh, they basically, I, I was, I'd been working that night. I came home and it was about nine o'clock in the morning and I was just sleeping away. Man, I wasn't even dreaming. And all of a sudden I had this weird dream where there was two women that had to hold my arms and were pulling me. And I didn't know where they were pulling me, but I slipped out of their grasp and I immediately fell back to sleep. And I thought, and I didn't wake up, but I kind of woke up enough to say, wow, that was an odd dream. And then all of a sudden, I'm trying to go back to sleep, and all of a sudden they have me a second time. And this time uh, they're pulling on me, and and, uh, I, and I and I look over and I see one of them's face, and she says to me in English, she says, "Help us!" And uh, so I'm struggling to get loose from whatever's holding me, and they're pulling on my arms as as strong as they can, and and they basically I felt like they were pulling me out of a manhole, or a, or a, I was stuck in the mud, or stuck in something, and and when I and they pull me loose, uh, yeah, I was. I was basically, they pulled my consciousness out of my sleeping body was actually what was going on, but it took me a little while to realize it. And uh, they pulled me out and they, and one of them, they had my arms and stuff and they were sitting there and they, and the first thing I started, I started thank my God, thank you. And they were going, you know, we're, Oh, you're oh, back. Really? We, we had a, um, we okay. had a, we had a drop there, Ronnie. We kind of missed what you were saying there. Ah, okay. Well, they, yeah, basically they said we're not from your world. We've been watching you. We need to have a conversation. And uh, and I looked and I thought, okay, this is some girls. My wife's playing a joke on me uh. or something. And uh, I'm standing there in my room. I could see my room. I could see the light coming from the windows and stuff. I could see there's two females and uh, and they're dressed very oddly. It looks like. And I'm thinking, well, my wife is playing a joke on me or something. But I know all her friends. This is a small town. I look. I don't know either one of these. You know, I'm like, well, this certainly isn't anybody I know. And I looked, one of them is tall, slender, athletic, and has blue skin and, and short black hair and huge freaking eyes. And, and I, I'm saying, oh, my God, you know, uh, this is. Then I look at the other one, and the other one is short, stocky, more muscular. 
has big hair and she has these ears sticking through her hair and she looks like a, she's a woman, but right there her nose goes for her eyes, looks like a, a woman's eyes, but her nose starts off as a, a, a human's nose, but by the time it gets to the end of it, her, her mouth turns into a cat mouth. Oh, God. A cat mouth. And I'm going, okay, if that, yeah, I, I can see the whiskers on the upper lip, and like they've been trimmed off, and they always reminded me of porcupine. So, clip. like, so, Ronnie, at, thought, at this moment, you were, it occurred to you that you didn't just pick up these women from a bar. Right, right. Right, and, okay. Uh, it occurred to me that these uh, these girls probably aren't from around. <laughs> right, <laughs> <Yeah>. yes. <laughs> and so I'm having to come to terms with the reality that they are what they're saying they are. They're not from our world. Wow. And they they wanted to have a conversation. And I'm sitting there and I'm looking around in my bedroom and and, I could, and they said my they said don't worry we're not going to hurt you your sleeping body is you're perfectly fine your body's sleeping in bed and then I'm starting to realize that my body's and I I tried to take a step to go look down at my own face to make sure it was me somebody was in my bed and I wanted to go look down the face to see if it actually was me so I tried to take a take a step and I fell forward because. Un, unbeknownst to me at the time, I was stand, I was buried knee deep in the bed, and uh, and here I guess I, you have a little bit of mass, but not much. Like you can sit on the bed, or you can walk way through the bed, and it and it offers when you're going through solid matter, there's a certain amount of resistance that it puts forth there. Like you can't move through it like smoke. Like you have to struggle through it. And when I tried to take a step forward, I fell forward and I put my hand on the body that was sleeping in the bed up there about the knee area. And my hand rested on just short of the knee for a second. And then all of a sudden it felt like I broke the bone and I went through the bone and I went to feel the softness of the mattress underneath it. And I felt like I snapped the leg and it kind of freaked me out. And I jerked my hand back and they, and basically the ETs grabbed me by the arms and they waded me out of the bed. And I, and I, and then I just I freaked out and I said, look, you're okay. You can move to solid matter here, you know? And they said, and, cause I, I looked down and to see what was going on with my knee, my legs. And, and I, it looked like my knee, my legs were cut off at the top of the bed. I could not see my legs. I could see the bed. And I thought, my God, my legs were cut off. But they waded me out of that bed. And then I realized she goes, you're all right. You're all right. You can, you can move to solid matter here. And, and, and then she had me put my hand on the, the cat lady's face. And she said, okay, now push. And I pushed my hand. I could feel her hair. I could feel her skin on her face. And when I pushed, my hand went into her head, and I could feel her brain matter inside Jeez. her skull. Yeah. And it, it, and it felt wet, but it, but I jerked my hand back because it felt nasty. And uh, But my hand wasn't wet, it was, but it felt wet. So I pulled my hand back out, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, okay. And I'm, so I'm having to come to terms with that these, these, two, these two females aren't. They're really what they stay in there are, and I'm really – outside my body and I, I could see my bedroom as plain as day I could see the light coming around the windows I could see the light shining into the kitchen I could see the light shining uh, through the windows in the bathroom into the bedroom where I'm at it's about nine o'clock in the morning and then I'm sitting there talking to these two and guess who comes walking through the bedroom oh shit here comes my wife I can see her fully dressed she walks right by, within 10 feet of it yeah she walks right by it's on her way to the bathroom it's nine o'clock in the morning and normally I sleep to about 11. Uh, after work, when I'm working night, as long as I can possibly sleep. So I see her walk through, and I'm thinking, my God, I'm standing here talking to two females and my wife, 10 feet from us, and she didn't see us. And, and the, the ET told me, said, look, this is where we, we've been watching the people from your world from. They said, they can't see or hear us from here, but we can see and hear everything. And, uh, and I'm going, my God, you know, it, 
it must be true because I just saw it. And then here comes my wife back from the bathroom. She pauses for a second like this. And she's looking towards us. Now, the cat lady E.T. kind of freaks out. She looks at the blue lady that's standing there, and she goes, can't she see us? And she goes, no, she's, look, she's looking at him. She pointed towards my body sleeping on the bed. And then she paused for a second, and then she went ahead and left the, left the bedroom. And I could see her just as plain as day, the clothes she was wearing and everything. Yeah. And, uh, and later I asked my wife, I said, you know, you came into the bedroom, and you stopped, and you looked over at it, and it freaked the E.T. out. <laughs> yes. And I, I said, why did you do that? She goes, well, because you, she said, you have sleep apnea, and I worry about your breathing. She oh. Said, well, a lot of times when you're sleeping, I will walk there, I'll pause, and I see your chest rising, I know you're breathing all right, so then I'll go about my way. You know, I actually saw her do this. I never knew that she did this, but I actually seen it firsthand, you know, and it freaked the ET out when she stopped to pause and look towards us for a mm, second. That's, yeah. I, yeah, of course. Why wouldn't they freak out? They thought they were being uh, watched. By your right, wife's, right. like, secret powers that she has. Yeah, and uh, E.T., they went on They went on to tell me this little story about how they found us. So our nuclear testing in the latter 40s sent light radiation off one of their interdimensional planets over there. And they had inter- had an interdimensional war previously, and it freaked them out. And they had defensive countermeasures, and their defensive countermeasures didn't go off. And they investigated where the light and radiation came from, and they found our world. Okay, when they first found our world, the reason they hadn't made contact is because they were at war with an inter, interdimensional species that had attacked them without warning, without provocation, uh, almost as an act of imperialism, just to basically threaten them and the other planets in their community. Because where they're at is like there's many planets with intelligent species on it, and they're very close to the galactic center. And, uh, and basically, I. I guess it's almost like a federation of planets with intelligent species on it. I see. And uh, they all and they're all working together. Well, these guys came in and they attacked the, the blue lady's planet and they destroyed almost a third of the planet with an, and then they threatened the rest of them to do the same to the rest of them if they didn't do what do what they told them to do. You know, they came in and and as a show of force, you know, you know, you either do what we say or you, this will happen to you too. Then it was an attack without provocation, and and so you know the, our whole idea of all aliens being friendly and all aliens being nice. Uh, I can tell you from what these these guys said that that isn't true, and, that, and the reason they were so cautious after they they found us in the in the latter part of the forties was that they thought we might be in alliance with the, the guys who attacked them, because uh, they finally drove them back and and they escaped. They didn't they didn't kill them all, but they they killed uh, they killed one of them. She said at one point they thought they were invincible because they were when the, part of intermission crowds is, is being able to control math. And uh, these guys, they, they had a hard time killing them. You know, they thought they were immortal for a while. And once they figured out how to kill them and they started killing them, they fled. The, other, the guys fled. And uh, they thought we might be uh, a, a, a stationary for the interdimensional attack that had occurred way back in the war. So they were very cautious when they first found us when they were looking at us with this suspicious eye. Like, were, were we in allegiance with these guys or what? And they and they, they researched us for decades. And I guess learning our language, learning our history, learning who we are, exactly how we came to be and everything else. And like I said, both these girls spoke English. They spoke it with their and, they, and Ronnie, they told you all these things, in other words. Yeah, they, and like I said, I, I, this whole thing probably lasted... Uh, Maybe mm-hmm. forty minutes. So it was a very, it was a very quick verbal exchange. 
and a lot of information being traded. You know, I, I still trying to remember pieces of what they said. In fact, they were wearing clothing. They they had told me that their world from from observing our world has already been affected because when they observed our world, they fell in love with some of our clothing designs. And the blue lady said she was wearing yoga pants and an athletic shirt. <laughs> And, uh, and the other, and the cat lady was yep. wearing blue jeans and a white black. And she said that certain clothing items, they had ritualistic clothing that the blue lady wore on her planet. And they didn't really wear clothing. And it, but after weeks seeing her world, uh, the women on the world had fell in love with certain clothing items. They make them, they copied them and made them out of the products on their world. And, and they've become very popular over there. <laughs> so, and they said, to the frustration of the men. Now, the men you know, have to wait for the women to just roll now to have sex. So uh, she was talking to the men. My aunt immediately decided about the clothing of the women. That's hilarious. New trends are being set yeah. out there in alien and on, on alien planets. I think that's a positive thing. And um, Ronnie, I have to give a little backstory here on you. For those that don't know, of course, you are a uh, oil field worker or, or a former oil field worker. I'm not quite sure if, if that's what you are currently doing still, Ronnie, or if you are retired from that. No, I still do it. I okay, still, still do doing it. Okay, I'm not quite sure. All right, nice. Very nice. That's what you're doing out there in Texas. And we have lots of listeners out there, uh, Ronnie. That's one of the reasons why you are also on here. We do have plenty of listeners out there from Texas. And I thought, my God, this is a great opportunity to bring you back on, Ronnie. Oh, yeah. I'm a crude oil transport driver, and I've done this since 1985, and I didn't see anything until 2009. I started seeing mystery lights and stuff that I couldn't explain for the first time in my whole life. And uh, and like I said, the UFO sightings increased, and then, you know, like I said, I seen the cattle abduction. Then I had the alien home invasion, and uh, and then I had the mothership flyover out in Coleman, Texas. And, I, and, and that, that mothership flyover in Coleman, Texas is an important deal because I caught some video footage of the mile-long mothership that passed over my head. And the FAA, I filed an FAA low-craft report on that thing. And the FAA uh, told me I should report my UFO to Newport, National UFO Reporting Center. And it blew me away that the FAA would describe what I seen as a UFO when I was going out of my way not to use the term UFO. And they said I should report that all known craft in the area were accounted for without incident, and then I should report my UFO to Newport. And I'm thinking, okay, well, there's like three radar sites in the area, and a mile-long uh, craft flew over north-central Texas, and the FAA doesn't know what it is. They refer to it as a UFO, and I've got some video footage of that UFO. And on the surface of that mothership, there's things that uh, look like it's never been touched by human hand. There's creatures, there's stuff that just can't be explained by anything other than it's the crap from out of this world. Right. And, uh, right. And of course, and it's a big deal for, for the UFO community as a whole. You know why it hasn't got, it's got a lot of people, but I don't think it's got here. The people to do that. But this is like, this is a big deal. I mean, the FAA knows, didn't know what it was. I actually got some video footage of a mile long craft and on that, on the footage, I captured in still frames of the video. It's not great footage, but you can zoom in, you can see, Creatures on the surface of this thing that, that aren't from Earth, and I've had zoologists look at the creatures that are that are recorded on the on the surface of this thing, and they don't know what they are, and they couldn't identify them as anything on this planet. And the fact that you know all these everything lines up, and there's even a star field pattern that the astrologers have identified as that give this thing a size in the sky that I, that I said it's a mile long. 
It would have to be a mile long to be as big as it is between the identifiable stars and the star field pattern behind the UFO. So, you know, this is a, this is an important aspect of the UFO community as far as disclosures go. And you, the FAA, there's three radar sites within, uh, within 150 miles of this thing and uh, nobody knew what it was. And I'm sure those, those radars have caught it. So. But it's scary to think something might be could fly right over U.S. airspace, and, and we could sit here and not know what it is, and it not make the news. Right, it's shocking, man. I just I couldn't believe that it wasn't all over the news the next day. I actually had footage of it. I watched the thing fly right over the top of my head. I mean, if it had fell to the ground, we would literally need a golf cart to drive around the thing. It was a V-shaped crab. Each half of the V was a half a mile long, and uh. And, and like I said, it had a city built on the surface of it, and the bottom of it looked like solid rock with meteor meteor craters and burn marks, and and it, it looked like it was a city built on solid rock flying around like a like a jet in the air. And on the surface of this thing, these huge creatures were just walking around like it, it'd be the equivalent to a human being walking around on the wings of a 747 in flight. And the fact that that's even happening also identifies. Uh, this craft is using technology that we don't have. Yeah, and when, what, what year was this, by the way? Living um, creatures on it. Yeah, there's living creatures on it, and they're walking around on the surface of the thing when it's flying through the air like a jet. And Ronnie, what, what yeah. year was this when you saw this in particularly? This was uh, over Coleman County, uh, over Coleman County, Texas, in a little farming community called Echo, Texas. And, it, and, and I recorded this thing, it was in March the 2nd of 2011. And like I said, we, we filed an FAA low craft report and the FAA, uh, we did a, we did a phone conference call and they basically said that I'll own craft for without incident and I should report my UFO to Newport, National UFO Reporting Center. Right. So, uh, that's, 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 you know, you put all that together and that is, and that's as close as to disclosure you're ever going to get. <laughs> Pretty wild. Yeah. You got, staff, you got pictures of it. You got a, you got a person that actually witnessed it. You got the FAA saying they don't know what it is, and you got creatures recorded on the surface of it. And uh, if you want to see these pictures, anybody can go to Google Images and type in Ronnie Dawson UFO picture, and uh, you'll see some of the stuff that I caught on the surface of that mothership, and it is absolutely amazing. It will blow you away. Very nice, very nice. And, of course, you also caught the attention of uh, Japanese media as well. You were featured on uh, some sort of a TV show out there, correct? Yeah, it was a Japanese, uh, it was a Japanese version of caught on camera. They actually flew from Japan to Ranger, Texas, and we spent two days filming for about a 15 minute segment of that caught on camera. They aired on Japanese TV, which was, you know, was, even their translator couldn't speak English all that well. So it was, I had, I had all this Japanese in my house and uh, it was, it was weird for me and my family. We'd never been in on, on the camera like that before. Yeah. So, of course. You know, we had sound guys, we had boom mic guys, we had lighting guys all over our house. And, and I think they're, they're saying bad things to me in Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> I kept looking at the camera and they were going, don't look at the camera, don't look at the camera. That's so funny. And yeah, it was pretty hilarious. Well, that must have been an interesting experience for you, having to go through that process. You got to see how it all works and how they all bring it together. And, you know, all that work for about 15 minutes of airtime. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, it surprised me how much recording they did for only a 15 minute segment. You know? and it, yeah. It was like, man, so much footage that we had taught. So many, yeah, so many things that were, you know, cut on the table, you know, 
They don't make it. You don't make it on TV and you film for like two days. <laughs> and have you heard any, anything back from those uh, people out there in Japan in regards to the story, uh, your story, any, any feedback at all? Yeah, Did they I give know, you feedback? I'm, I'm selling a lot of books out there. So I must, yeah, my name must be pretty popular in Japan because my book is, is selling pretty good over there. Even though it's in English, well, yeah, I think they actually printed Japanese version of it. I'm sure they did, but that's you know that's that's interesting to like find out because I've never really, um, you know, considered the 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 I guess you can say like the UFO scene. I guess you can say I'm not quite sure how we categorize it, but you know how how um the Japanese sort of take the uh, UFO sort of um issue i i i'm i've always been curious how they consume that you know like here in america you know we have trends here where it's popular and then it's not very popular and then it gets popular again you know there's kind of that endless well, noticed, cycle yeah on the, i noticed on the show they would they would show people that would talk about seeing a ufo and then they would bring some guys that they found that were flying drones around the building you know, where these people had seen it and they were going, ah, no, we found the guys that were flying the drones around the building and, you know, and, and they laughed about it like, haha, it's not a UFO, it's just drones. And these are the kids that were flying on and they interviewed the, the people that thought it was a UFO and they interviewed the people that was flying the drones and it showed the same building, you know, and it was, you could definitely see that, you know, what these guys had seen and taken pictures of was uh, drones that were being flown around this apartment building. You know, so they kind of do, they show some stuff that, you know, where the UFOs turned out not to be true. Then they show some stuff that, uh, but I know it's on my deal. They said 100% UFO it was the vote. You know? <laughs> so, Interesting. And, um, yeah, Ronnie, in regards to other people's stories in terms of abduction and, you know, in some regards, you do hear stories of people, you know, having sex with aliens and that sort of thing. Obviously, there are stories that are fabricated. I'm, I'm quite sure. Um, yeah, and it, I'm sure that. Yeah, I'm the sure there are. Was, uh, but I, I was yeah, going to ask you though, Ronnie. Do you do you think there's more people telling the truth, or do you think there's more people, you know, kind of embellishing their stories just to get popular? I, I've always wondered what you thought in regards to that. I, I, I always find it interesting what others think about that sort of thing. Well, yeah, I think there has to be something to it because there's just too much of it out there. And and some of the and some of the stuff I've heard about people having sex with insects, you know, they had no desire to have sex with an insect, and they ended up having a, they were floating above a table and forced to have sex with an insect, you know. Which no, who would embellish that? Who you know who would subject yourself to that kind of ridicule? You right, know? right. And you know, so you have to you have to kind of say, you know, uh, there's a lot of this stuff, and there's a lot of similarities similarities to it too and it's happening a lot and and you know after my experience i you know i kind of came to realize that there's a there's a reason for it you know people think it's this big romantic interlude with a hot alien but you know it's not that way out at all it is is basically sex for the the reason of obtain of obtaining a genetic material yeah you know it's not like this romantic interlude it's like and, and i couldn't believe they wanted they had uh well, part of, you know, part of the story, I, I, I remembered I had talked to Stan Freeman and, and Don Schmidt out at the, at the Roswell UFO Festival just a couple months earlier. And I said, and I had asked him, I said, you know, if I ever get a chance to talk to these guys, what should I ask them? And I think Don Schmidt said, you know, said, tell them to ask them how they got here. And then, and then Stan Freeman said, no, no, he said, tell them to show you how they got here. You know, if they tell you, you might not understand. If they show you, you might learn more. 
Right. And, and I remember that. So when I had to, I asked him, I said, can you show me how you got here? And it, it kind of acted annoyed, like they were in a time frame. You know, we're on a time frame, and we don't have time to answer all your stupid questions. Was kind of the attitude it seemed like I was getting, but they were going, yeah, yeah, it's really, you know, all you have to do is walk through this wall. They encouraged me to walk through this wall. But I had a, where they wanted me to walk through the wall at, there was a picture with a glass over it. So I was going incredibly slow because I was afraid that when I moved through the solid matter, the glass was going to break and it cut my face. And so I was going so slow it irritated the ET. They're going, go through, you'll be fine, just go through. And they said, just on the other side of this wall, and she said, you, and the blue lady told me, said, you could see my planet where I come from. And I'm going, what? And, and so I definitely wanted to see this. Right? Sure. So I'm, I'm moving through this picture. Yeah. I can feel the glass moving through my face, through my brains. I can feel the sheetrock in the wall moving through my stomach. It didn't hurt, but it was just, it was an odd, uncomfortable feeling. And you wouldn't want to just stand there because it was, it didn't hurt, but it just felt very unnatural. So I'm, I'm moving through this wall and there's a stud inside the wall. I went through my right shoulder. And like I said, you have some mass. And when you hit something solid, you have to really struggle through it. So when I hit that two before in the wall and it hit me in the right shoulder, I had to struggle through the two before. Uh, not just move through it like smoke. So I'm struggling through the wall to get through it. And I think there was some miscommunication because I think she just intended for me to lean through the wall and look out of the wall. But uh, I took it that she wanted me to walk through the wall. So I took one step, I think too many. And, and I ended up, I walked right out into zero gravity outer space. And off to my left is this alien planet, and it has three major continents. It has thin oceans. It has a frosty north and south pole, and it's certainly not Earth. And I'm out here probably further, a little bit further out than the, the International Space Station is, or the, either that or the planet is actually a lot smaller than Earth. And uh, so I'm taking all this in, and I'm, and I'm zero gravity, and I don't need air to breathe. And, and, and during this whole experience, I was never hot or never cold. I could feel soft or hard, but I was never hot or never cold. And uh, and apparently in zero gravity, I did not I did not feel cold out there. And I didn't need air to breathe. And, and I stepped out there and I realized, man, I, I took one step too far. Now I just walked out of whatever I was in. I'm floating in zero gravity. I'm doing this slow forward head flip. And I'm seeing this alien planet. And they got some kind of a numb. Their, their sky looks a lot like ours, except there's a ton more stars. And in fact, in the in the sky, you can see the galactic a galactic center. I think it's it's either it's either a black hole or some it may be a pulsar or something, but it's something that's stuck in. Uh, I mean, it, you can see the sun that are trapped in this thing like a black hole, and there's just thousands and thousands of planets. And I actually drew a. a Yvonne Smith, uh, the regression therapist out in California, he said, Ron, it's important, you know, so you need to draw a sketch of what you saw out there. And I did, I made a sketch of what I saw out there. And and, and like I said, I was, I was I drew a sketch of whatever, what the, whatever I seen and this ugly little moon floated between me and the planet. And I, I could see another, I thought it might've been the sun, but it was actually, I think another moon. It was a second moon that was over there catching the light of a sun that I couldn't see. So I was actually looking at the planet in the dark side of the planet, but there's so many stars in there in the sky there that it illuminates the back side of the planet. Like it could never get completely dark there like it does here. And so even as dark as it got there, I could still see everything on the, on the dark side of the planet. I could see the oceans. I could see the, they had a big desert area and, and, and the desert area was the area that had been attacked and bombed and destroyed about a third of the planet. 
And the next, besides it, it turned from this area finally to like almost like jungle before it got to the ocean. And I see one large inland lake and a and a river running through it. Not a whole lot of inland lake, just one large one. And uh, the oceans were thin, but they they looked uh, pretty amazing. I mean, uh, the color of them, and uh, you could see almost see the beaches uh, along the edges of them. And uh, and towards the north of South Pole, it almost looked like there was big mountains that dropped off into the ocean very pretty sharply. So yeah, I, I was taking all this in, and uh, and and as I was doing a, I got the as I was doing a head flip, I was looking back now. I was going, okay, now I could see what I came out of, what I walked out of. And, and I, I didn't know if it'd be a ship or what. And when I, when I looked, it was a perfectly black crystalline box floating out of outer space. No technology on it, no lights on it, nothing. Just a black box floating in space off this planet. And that's what I had walked out of. Just like some kind of a, like inside the thing was my bedroom, outside the thing was wherever the heck I was at. And I had no idea where this place was at. <laughs> But I'm pretty sure I was a pretty good ways from home, you know. Right. And how, how it came, how it came to be there, I have no idea how they got back and forth. I don't know if this is a, a interdimensional travel or is it a stargate that I walked out of or a stargate chamber and that Ron, I had walked out of. I have no idea. And Ronnie, I got to ask you: um, Are you religious at all? Uh, I kind of consider myself spiritual, but not religious. You know, so what like are, I said, you know, I is your wife the same way? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, she's pretty much the same way. I mean, okay. I don't, I don't denounce God, but I don't, you know, I don't. I just know that if there is a God, I'm not it. <laughs> you know? Does this experience, <laughs> does this experience at all alter anything for you in regards to, you know, a God per se? Well, I, you know, you know, I always thought when your when your uh, consciousness or your spiritual essence left your body that you were dead, right? Right. You know, I thought that's it, game mm-hmm. over. You know, and. uh but now that I've experienced being out of my body and I see my body perfectly healthy, sleeping there on bed, you know, now I almost, it changed my ideas like on people who like are in comas and stuff like. Sure. Uh, it, you could hang a sign saying, you know, this body will be disconnected in 24 hours or, you know, give a time. And like I said, if they can get back into it, you know, that way it, you give them, because like I said, if you could post posted a sign on the wall, I could have read it. You know, it it had been easy for me to read it. Now I couldn't talk to my wife, but I could hear everything she did. And uh, like I said, I probably could have walked right through her. You know, whether she'd have felt it, I don't know. But I, I didn't see any ghosts walking around. You know, <laughs> so yeah. where this place is at is I'm not. I don't know if this is a place you go when you die, or if this is someplace different. You know, I have no idea. But I know I experienced it firsthand, and and it changed the. You know, I, I know now that. I, I think now that the body is nothing more than a flesh suit for the conscious. Yeah, in other words, you're not you know, afraid I of death. In, in other words, Ronnie. Right, right. So you know, before I, you know, I thought maybe when you die, it's that's just like it. Going to town. That's it. Game over. Yeah. No dreams. Nothing. But now, I, now that yeah. I've been there, I know that okay, yeah, this the body is nothing more than a flesh suit for the. Ah, uh, so yeah, so now you consciousness or mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. Yeah, so now you're like much more open minded. For, for these things then, in other words, these other possibilities. Yeah, you know, I'm not, I'm not one of those people that, I'm not one of those uh, people who has that, the out-of-body experiences that, that do the, the, the astral travel. I'm not that guy. I've meditated twice in my whole life, didn't like it either time. You know, I'm not one of, those, one of these astral traveler guys. Now, 
uh, you know, I didn't really buy into that, but you know, now I can't say for sure that it, it ain't true because, uh, you know, after going through this experience, but I know, uh, I've never had any astral travel experiences other than this one, you know? Well, and we, that, and um, fact, get me out of my body. Yeah. They had to pull me. They had to they grab my arms and just pull me out, you know? Understood. It wasn't like I floated out. Right, right, right. And, but finally they, they pulled mm -hmm. me back into the room and I was like, thank God, because I'd been out there a little while and I, and I was wondering how I was going to get back in. Now, whether I was in another universe or where I was in, I don't know. You know, even it, it could be that that was up inside of a spaceship floating up in orbit. And I walked out of the black box into the, the cargo bay of the ship and maybe they were shooting a projection on the walls that made it look like. That showed me everything I would have seen if I'd have been to the world. I don't know for a fact that that I was at another a universe, or if they were just they they took me from the ground back up into a ship in outer space where there was zero gravity, and they were shooting a, a projection on the wall around me. Uh, but if it if they were, it was certainly a 360 degree projection because every direction I looked, I could see stars and planets and, and stuff. Besides the anomaly they had up in their sky. And, uh, yeah, it was a quite an amazing sight, and I was definitely taping everything in because I knew it was – and I couldn't recognize anything. I didn't recognize anything. But to see the anomaly that was in the sky, like a – I don't know if it's a galactic center or a black hole that I was looking at. It looked like a black hole. But I, somebody was telling me that it may have been a pulsar, actually. And no. Actually, I seen what looked like a gravitational wave go by over the surface of the planet. You could almost see a wave uh, that moved across the planet at one point. And, and then this ugly little rocky moon went floating yeah. between me and the planet <laughs> while I was up there. Um, Ronnie, I was just going to quickly mention, uh, do you talk about this in, in the book, the uh, Ronnie Dawson yeah. UFO story? You, so you do explain some of this here then. Yeah, I, I okay. added two chapters. The, the, I just added the two cha two chapters that this happened uh, to the end of the book because it's an e-book. As, as things happen, I can go back in and add new chapters to it. So this new stuff, uh, I just got it added. Here, so yeah, it's in the book now. When you buy the book, the new the, the new experiences are are in it. The alien sex story and the <laughs> like I said, but it, the the thing is, you know, when I when I came back out of, out of it, she finally she grabbed me by the shoulder, and it, I was whipping back and forth with zero gravity. And I was afraid I was going to fly out of her grasp because if you remember me telling me, and you you don't have, it's hard to grab physical things and hold on to it. So I was scared I was going to go flying off. So I was grabbing her hand, trying uh, to help her pull me back in. She pulled yeah. me right back to the wall, and I was back in my bedroom again, standing there with the two of them. So they, they had hit me up. They said, well, you know, I said, would and, and I sat there, and I was talking to them. They said, you know, I said, would you, said we, we've been tasked with collecting a genetic sample. And they said, would you mind uh, – giving us a genetic sample. And I thought, you know, at this point I thought, yeah, you know, you, you convinced me that you are real ET, that you're from another world. And now I, I realize that I represent every man, woman, and child on planet earth. And this is not the time to be selfish. And this is the time to take one for the team. Or take one for the team. I yeah. Need to do so, so that we can stay good with these guys. You know, I, I do what I hope anyone else would do. What if you, whatever what, it takes to, to be, stay good. With Ronnie, what, what if you saved the planet? You didn't even know it. I have no idea, but I, you know, I think anybody in that situation would have done the, the same thing. You know, I said, yeah, you know, I, I told him, I said, whatever it takes for the people of your world and the people of our world to, 
to come to know each other and to be friends. You know, I'm willing to do what I'm willing to do, whatever you want me to do. And I thought, okay, this is where they put me on the slab. God only knows what they're going to do to me, but uh, the right thing to do is to take one for the team at this point, you know, and I, and, and I was afraid that and you was went for happen, it. Really. Yeah. But you went for it regardless. Well, but, but the blue lady said, she said, uh, she said, uh, she said she is our geneticist, and she said that if you wouldn't mind, she could get everything that she needs just if you if you want if you would just have sex with. Jeez. And I, and I thought, did she say just say sex? And I, and I so I had to like get her to repeat, like, okay, now what? <laughs> you want me to have sex with her? And, and she said yes. If you just have sex with her, she could get everything she needs. Sure. And uh, and I thought no pressure. And, you know, and then I got to I got to researching it later. It's like you realize that yeah, in one ounce of male semen, there's like Oh my God! There's like a, a several terabytes of genetic information. It's the instructions on how to build a human being, you know, <laughs> amongst other things. Or and it was like, you know, when you're looking for a genetic sample, there's nothing better than uh, male semen to do it with. Evidently, and I had no idea that that male semen had that much genetic information in it. You know, it's a, yeah, it's instructions on how to build a human being. Yeah, the building blocks of humanity, right? Right, yeah. So I understand, you know, why that's what they wanted. But and I thought, well, yeah. She said you, you don't have to. She goes, you, but you would be helping us out if you would. Okay. Thought, well, at least yeah. she said no. At least she said no pressure, Ronnie. You know, <laughs> there's no pressure. You don't have to. <laughs> you know, but I thought, well, you know, the right thing to do is to do do whatever they request you to do. If you want to stay in good with these guys, you want to do what they asked you to do, and uh, and they're and they're asking. So, I would have done it too, Ronnie, thinking, by the way. I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, the, the blue lady jumps. She said, I'll give you some privacy. She jumps out. So, so the cat lady, she starts, she takes off her skirt. She takes off the blue jeans she's got on. And I, and I realize she's got this felt fur. She's got these beautiful black stripes that go all across her body. She's very fit. But around her waist that I didn't know that she had, she had a tail. And my God, this is the stalk of this tail is huge. And this thing is whipping back and forth. And and she told me, she said, "Do you think I'm as beautiful as your wife?" And, and I and I know enough about women that when a woman asks ask you that, you would better say yes. Oh shit! <laughs> Whether you believe it or not, you know. I said, "Yes, yes, you're very, very beautiful." And she and she was, you know, except for the it, the mouth was very odd and the whiskers were odd, but the rest of her looked like a beautiful woman wearing like some fancy costume, you know. Okay, Ronnie, but at this and, point, uh, but at this point, Ronnie, I I have to imagine. Were you asking yourself, like, where is the wife at? Like, is she out of the room? Um, were you safe to conduct this sort of thing? I mean, that's what's running through my head. Well, yeah, she said, I've been watching you and your wife. And she said, I want you to make me feel like she feels. Oh, my God. And and then she jumped up on the bed on on her hands and knees. But, Ronnie, where was your wife? Position. Yeah, and but, Ronnie, my wife where, where, where was your wife, though? I, I'm sorry. I have to ask. Okay, yeah, I'm getting there. Oh, you're getting there. Oh, shit. Okay. okay. About about this time, guess who comes walking through the bedroom again? Oh, my, my God. Wife. She came back. Yeah. she. It's almost like she knew something was going <laughs> She knew. <laughs> oh, Ronnie. So she comes walking back through the bedroom, and the, and the cat lady is like five feet from her, and she's almost, she almost talked to her in English very loudly. She goes, she goes, lady, is it okay if I have sex with your husband? Love that. And right from and my wife would have like knocked the fire out of her oh my bit. god and and she walked right by like she said came here here she is and uh she walked by 
And then I thought, oh, my God, you know, this is so awkward, you know. And very then, awkward, very and, awkward. And then and then my wife came walking back out of the bathroom, and she walked back by, and she, she goes, she goes, it's not like you're cheating on her. She said, your physical body is right there in the bed, sleeping peacefully. And, and I thought, well, you know, she does got a point there. You know, it's not like I'm physically cheating. My physical body is right there. Yeah. Still sleep fit. You know, so where this, this is like my spiritual consciousness or whatever it is. But it's not my physical body. Ronnie, Ronnie, I got to stomp you. I got to stomp you right there. Ronnie, got to stomp you. There, there are women that will be listening to this and they're thinking, is that cheating? The fact that it, you know, wasn't a physical thing, but you know, the fact that it was like a mental thing, you know, it was like a, you were mentally sort of uh, cheating, I guess you could say, even through the astral plane. You know, yeah. some women will say that, you know, they will argue and say, wait a minute, wait yeah, a minute, Ronnie, yeah. you were cheating there. That's what they're going to say. Emotionally, you were. Yeah. That's what women will say. Yeah. You know, but you have to, you also have to consider uh, what's at stake here. The, the, you know, the humanity. The whole, the whole human race. That's right. on me do with these guys. If you want to live like the Jetsons, we're gonna you're gonna to have to get along with these because there's nothing better than gifted technology. You had to save the yeah. world, Ronnie. You had to save the world. I I drive a Toyota Sienna. I don't know anything about the thing, but uh, I paid enough money at the dealership. They gifted me with a vehicle. You know? Right. And that's the same way technology could be for us. You know, if we get in good with the right people, uh, we could be flying around like the Jetsons in no time. We Love be, that. We could, on, we could live in apartments that travel around the earth. We could go to the moon on the weekend we could man you know the, i mean the whole world's depending on you do the right thing here and the right thing morally or immorally is to give these guys what they need at the time that they need it to stay in good to them to develop a relationship uh with the et that the kind of relationship we need to build yeah I'll, I'll do anything in my power to help you and i'm gonna have to look, look over put aside my moral beliefs so right or wrong and say if you need a genetic sample it's for a good reason and i need to give it to you yeah i'm with you on that one ronnie it sounds like that is you know the most rational and tangible thing to do when you know you look at it from this point of view the humanity was on the line per se so you know well, you, like you stepped up it's not my desire to have sex with an alien cat woman with my wife walking through the bedroom you know right that's <laughs> it's not that's- that well, is not. The, that's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of pressure to yeah. put on a man. I didn't even know if I could pull it off, to be honest. My God! Uh, but, and, but you did, though, right? You got the job done, though, I, right, Ronnie? I just tried to get it over with as quick as I could, you know, as painlessly as I could, <laughs> and as quickly as I could. Well, anyways, I got it done. And anyway, she she grabbed this. Uh, she jumped up on the bed and she put this glass speaker that had a yellow hand on it. Had these lights that went up and down it, and then yeah, and she. Jumped up on the bed. She shot the semen into this, this big. This thing almost looks like a, a syrup jar, like you might see at a pancake house. And uh, she shot the semen in there. And I seen these lights roll through it. And then it had it had all these lights moving up and down the handle that she was holding. And then she, she was telling me about I should be uh, I should be proud that um, that my children would see new worlds. And 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 you know. And I said, well, you know, I said children, I'll never be in worlds I'll never see. You know, so it's kind of hard to get excited about about it in that in that context, right? And uh, and I said, but if you need a genetic sample, I said there are way better genetic samples on Earth than me. And she said, no. And she said, you have to understand, we need uh, genetic samples from the multitude of people. She said, we've gotten genetic samples before. She goes, but we need genetic samples from the multitude. She said, do you think if we made open contact uh, that the people of your world would get them? 
give us the mass quantities of genetic samples that we need? And I said, I believe they would. I said, if we had open contact and we were on a friendly basis, I, I said, I don't think people here would have any problem giving you what you needed if it was for a good reason, you know? And, uh, and, uh, and, and that was part of the reason they were wanting to know if we were made up of contact, would we, would we help them out? And I'm like, yeah, I believe we would, you know? And, and, uh, basically they, they told me, you know, I said, yeah, I said, I believe they would. And, and they said, well, you know, when it comes to open contact, they said, how should we go about it? You know? And I thought for a second, I thought, well, I said, I think you're going to have to give that guy sleeping in the bed right there. You're going to have to give him some alien technology made out of alien material that doesn't exist on this planet, that does something that we're not capable of doing, and you're going to have to give it to him so I can give it to the skeptics and scholars and troops, and then I'm actually in conversation with with the ET, you guys, because they're not going to believe me. They're not going to believe what this guy says unless he has proof. And then I thought, hold on, hold on. And, and I thought, you know, because it, it occurred to me, man, you know, somebody, they, the government would probably just take it, put it away in a warehouse and lock me up. And so I'm thinking, you know, that might, I said, hold on, hold on. I said, let me tell you, let me change that. I said, I said, what I think you should do is, is, uh, we need a global display of alien presence. We need the whole world would have, it'd be like, take a big ship, fly it around the earth until everyone on the earth has seen it. That way there wouldn't be no denying it. Everybody was scared. I said it would scare some of the people and some of the people would have to wake up to the fact that we're being visited. Right. And, uh, and there is one victim, by the way, to all of these stories. Um, you, you kind of have, um, forgot to mention this one fallen hero to the story. And that is your cat, by the way, Ronnie, who passed away. Yes. Yes. It was, uh, yeah, it was tragic. You know, he, he was, uh, he was there. He was there during that. He was there during the alien home invasion. Yeah. Poor and cat. He was on my bed when I was being, when I was paralyzed, when I was paralyzed in my bed, the cat was jumped on the bed with me and he was watching the ET run around the living room. And then when the ET ran in the bedroom and started shaking the bed that I was paralyzed on, the cat fled for his life. <laughs> I don't blame him. You know, like, yeah, the cat, but he was the, he was my one witness to the thing. And you, you know, at, at one point they were there was a, there were some people wanting to use my cat because there was these pet psychics. Oh, could, really? Uh, okay. They could read the they could read the mind of pets and and say what they had been through and stuff. And 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 these guys were wanting to use my cat as a test subject. For these pet psychics to test these pet psychic on if they could actually mm-hmm. figure out, you know, if they it, figure out because not tell them, you know, that this cat had actually seen ET and experienced a, an alien home invasion and see if they could any of them could figure it out. But it, it's too late now because uh, unfortunately my cat Striper has passed away, uh, and he was 15 years old. He had a good run. He had a <laughs> real good run. Yeah, yeah. poor well, little guy. He was 16. Yeah, he was 16 years old, man. So he had a he lived a good long life. <laughs> yeah, he did. He really did. But yes, that is our fallen hero from the story. Right, right. Poor guy. It, it seemed like everybody, uh, and my friend A.O., that, you know, he was there when we shot the laser at the UFO. And he was with me when I saw the saw the UFO and we did the laser test. And he's passed away, too. Yeah, he's gone, you know, so I, I like recall. Everybody has, everybody has died. They've fallen off, so yes. You, we got to keep you alive, Ronnie. But you know, I've actually, I have a, there was a, there was a group of, of exorcists. It was a sacred, uh, the, the sacred order of exorcists that are in with the Roman Catholic Church that contacted me. And I, I'm actually on their watch list. They think that these are demons and that I'm in danger of being possessed. So I'm on a possession watch list. Oh my. And uh, so, 
you know, I don't want to be possessed. I was just about to ask you that, you know, in terms of the whole religion thing, that's one of the questions I was going to follow up with was in terms of, you know, people saying those sort of things, uh, Ronnie, you know, throughout the years, we've always heard, you know, the the, the religious folks say, you know, these things are demons in the sky. Right. A lot of people, you know, still believe they are. Yeah, and some people do. Ron Fiddle, Ron Fiddle, Enright, with the Sacred Order of Exorcists. And I've talked to this guy, and I love this guy, man. He, I'm, I believe in what he does, man. He really has done exorcism. He is an amazing guy. Yeah. And he does and he does God's work, and he, and he has nothing but concern for me, and I appreciate that. And I told my wife, man, I said, about my eyes ever turn black and I start crawling on the ceiling, call this guy. And I give her the contact information, you know, like call, call this guy. Yeah, he's a good guy. <laughs> these guys, look, these get, these are the guys in California that would come out and will do your do an exorcism. And I'm not even Roman Catholic, but they said they they do some kind of little ceremony that draws me into that religion or whatever, where they can they can uh, be backed by the church to do it or whatever. And I'm like, man, I, you know, if if, this, if my ET encounter goes south. This guy's got my back, and I appreciate that. So no, this I'm guy, gonna, yeah, yeah. So this guy thinks it's like a demonic sort of uh, thing. Yeah, you know, a lot of a lot of the really religious people do because that they're just they cannot buy into the concept that that the ET actually exists, that they're alive on another planet, and uh, it would you know it just messes with their whole religious faith. And, sure, sure. But you know, the odds the odds are there's life out, you know. <laughs> Oh, there's got to be. Yeah. Says in galaxies, and my God, you know, we can't be the only one. And in fact, at one point during the conversation, I, I told the ET, I said, man, there are still people in my world that think we are the only planet that has life on it in the entire universe. And uh, and this, this blue-eyed ET blue lady looked at me as if to say, you Surely you're not serious. <laughs> you know, she looked at me with this expression, man. I believe you, you. kid, right? Yeah, you're like a kid, right? You, you, there's nobody like that, really. Not, and I, you know, I'm like, yeah. There's some of the people in our world actually think that we are the only life in the whole universe. And she's like, you got to be kidding because you have to realize the cat lady. She's from a different planet, and the blue, then the blue lady is. And the blue lady told me when you know when when she was trying to convince me to have sex with the cat lady, she kind of whispered in my ear. She said, she said, she said. She goes, you have to understand, she goes, she goes, they have sex like the people of your world might might shake hands or smile at a stranger. She goes, you have to realize that on their world, they, you know, you know, sex is, they have sex pretty freely. It's pretty you casual. So, yeah. And she, and she even told me, she said, even the people of my world think it's odd, <laughs> you know? Understood. <laughs> you know, there, there are two trillion other galaxies, you know, with a hundred billion Earth-like worlds. So there, there's right. got to be um, life somewhere out there. Yeah, but you know, at, and at one point after she got the she got the sample, the blue lady told the cabinet, she said, "Save some for this project." And, I, and she mentioned the word clone, right? And I'm okay. I know what cloning is, man. They're, right. they're going to take some of that semen and they're going to make a clone, and they're going to make a clone out of me with this. And I'm going, "Oh my God, okay, I know what they're talking about there." And but they didn't go into detail what that was about, right? Okay, two and a half years uh, from the from this visitation. This happened in February 2020. They pull my spiritual consciousness out of my sleeping body and they put it in that clone body, which was on an alien planet. And they, they pull. I I went from my bed and I woke up and they were dragging me out. There was there was some ET. There was an ET and I couldn't tell. They were wearing like PPE. They had these suits that were like strength around them. Hmm. 
not like our kind of PPE, but this yeah, is a surgery room setting, and they were pulling me out of something, and and I was trying to walk, and I kept trying to fall, and I was bumping into stuff, and there was this angry, angry alien doctor that was <laughs> telling telling them that they you got to get him out of here. He can't be in here until he gets stabilized. And I'm bumping into the table. I bumped into one of their machines. They had this odd-looking machine that I bumped into, and I came close to knocking it over. And uh, and this angry alien doctor was telling them, "You got to get him out of here. You know, he can't be in here until he's stabilized." And and they were grabbing me by the shoulders. They were walking me out of this surgery room setting. And there was a there was an alien doctor and like three other like I guess nurses or whatever you call them that were dressed in this same PPE. And then there then there was this one. I believe it was the same cat lady, and she had a PPE on, but it hurt. But her eyes and her nose kind of look the same. But this cat, is by the way, Ronnie, this cat lady seems like a troublemaker for some reason. But they're walking me out of the surgery room. Okay, I'm, uh, they're walking me out. Okay, there's this, there's this, it's like a wall of air. And uh, I seen this wall of air ahead of me and I couldn't, you, you, you could see daylight through it, but you couldn't see clearly through it. And when I and, I, and they started walking through it, you could see you broke the plane and it was like pressure on each side of this wall was different. And as I broke the plane of this thing, I kind of stopped and was freaked out. I could feel the air rushing by my face. And they're going, don't stand here. We're losing, we're losing our sterile environment. And they, they said, we got to move through this, move through this quickly. You know, don't stand in it. Walk through it quickly. So it was like the pressure on both sides of it was different. And you could feel the air rushing by you as I broke the plane of it. So I broke the plane of it. And I end up, and I'm walking out of what looks like a, for all practical purposes, looks like a military surgical tent with a flap on it. Well, I walk out of this thing, right? And I still, you have to realize my legs aren't, my, my leg, I can, I feel fine, but when I try to walk, my leg doesn't work. Or I try to move my hand and it would like move half and then it would stop. And then I would be like trying to touch my face. And then all of a sudden my image just slap my face. So it's like my arms and my legs and stuff aren't working well. And, and I, and I fell down a couple of times and these guys were grabbing me by the arms and trying to help me up. And I'm going, okay, you know, okay. And I let go of me and I take about two steps and then my legs wouldn't work and I fall to the ground again. And this time it hurt when I hit the ground, it hurt. I was in a physical body because when I hit the ground, it, it, it the ground hit back. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, uh, and I, and I was, and they were like worried about me. They're going, okay, we'll stay, stay right there, sit on the ground. And then, and then, and the, the cat lady came out and she said, look, she goes, you got to sit here, just sit here on the ground for a minute. And she goes, everything has to get aligned so everything works right. You know, I said, just stay here a couple minutes and uh, everything will go to work. And I noticed my hands would start, they would seize up and then it'd work and they'd seize up and then it'd work. And then, so everything slowly, slowly but surely started working. And I thought, okay, well, you know, I think I'm ready to stand up again. Well, they, they had these two guys that were like orderlies, young, like military stout looking young man. They were wearing these real white coveralls. Like, uh, you ever see those Jack LaLanne exercise videos from way back in the, before our, my time, even we're looking like, uh, white coveralls, you know, with, uh, with the, with the sleeveless shirts. That's what these, that's what these two orderly looking guys were wearing. I didn't know if they were androids or if they were clones or what they were, but they were certainly stout guys and they looked like they were about 22, 23 years old, good looking guys. And, uh, and then this, this other, now this other guy came walking up and this guy is a over heavy set, over kind of a little bit on the overweight side guy. He's wearing safari pants. He's wearing a flowery shirt. He's wearing like a straw hat. 
And this guy is not a not a awesome, not a great looking guy, man. And this guy looks like he's on vacation, right? <laughs> and I'm going, okay, this this guy looks completely out of place from where I'm at, right? So this guy he comes walking up in the, the they stand me up in that the ETs help stand me up and I'm standing up and and she goes and she tells this guy she said uh, she said I want you to meet Ronnie Dawson and he, and this guy goes he goes yeah he goes well, I, I'm familiar with Ronnie Dawson. And she said, no. She said, I mean the Ronnie Dawson from back there. And he goes, oh, my God. He goes, he goes, you're in there? He goes, your first trip? He goes, he goes, oh, my God. He goes, and then he starts getting all excited. Oh, yeah, man, it's nice to meet you. It's, it's, you know, he goes, my God, it's good to, good to meet you. And he's, he's talking with an accent, you know, and it's like he's talking English, but he's got the weird, like, British kind of an accent. And uh, good to meet you, you know. And said, my God, your first trip, you know, he said, I can imagine, you know. And, uh, and I'm sitting there and she goes, she goes, well, I'm going to go back in here. She's like, I got to go back in here. And she goes, you just stay out here until you get everything working good. You know, so I, she, she, the, the cat lady with the PPD on, she leaves. I'm talking to this guy and I'm going, uh, I said, who are you? And he said, he says, uh, I said, I'm Jonathan Belisi, Belisi, I believe. And he said, and I said, where are you from? I said, I said uh, where are you from? And how did you get here? He said, uh, he said, I'm from South Africa. He said, uh, he said, I'm here for the same reason that you are. He, he said, uh, he said, I'm here for the, for the, the penile augmentation. What? And I said, what? And I thought he, when he said penile augmentation, I'm going, okay, they're talking about my penis, right? So what? I run my, I pulled my stretchy shorts out and I looked up down there and, and my God, there wasn't, there wasn't a penis down there. This thing was like a handful of guts down there. And I said, oh, hell. He goes, yeah. He said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be the second one to have the, have the procedure. He goes, you were the first. And I'm going, oh my god. And uh, he, he said, I guess you figured out we're not on Earth. I said, oh, man, I was wondering where, where, where we're at, you know. And he said, uh, and he said, uh, he said, well, he said, look at that sun. That'd be your first clue. And I looked at the sun. You could actually stare. This sun was much bigger than our sun in the sky, and you could actually stare at it for a few seconds. And I mean, you could look actually look at it for a couple of seconds, and you could see it had fiery areas and red areas that would, you, it was almost like flame was dancing across the surface of it. And you couldn't look more than a couple of seconds at it because it was still bright. And the day, the area looked sunny, and there was rolling hills, grass, tall grass everywhere, not one tree. And there was like 200 houses in this valley. And every one of the houses was identical. It almost looked like a military base, and they had these white picket fences around them. I didn't see any personal items on any of the houses. The houses had a series of roads that ran between them. And like I said, I worked in road construction. I know how to build roads. And, and when I was sitting on the curb trying to get everything or uh, trying to get everything working again, I looked down at the road and I could see that it, it's because, you know, we take in a, we spray asphalt down and we spread gravel on top of it. Well, this, this road wasn't built like that. It looked like a road, but. You can see that the rocks that were in the in the surface of it were all the same size, and it was more of a clear, like uh, almost like a silicone glueish kind of stuff. It wasn't. It looked like a, a road material, but it certainly wasn't a road like we build a road. But it looked and felt like a road. But it certainly was. It was an alien copy of what we would call a road. But not. They had roads running through all of these houses, and every one of these houses was identical. And uh, you can see the roads that run through them. I didn't see anybody in any of the houses or anything. So I have no idea 
but these houses are like 1950s-style houses where they, they built a they built the port into the house under the primary roof, you know, and they don't scab onto the, nowadays we scab on, we build porches, you know, outside the main structure of the house. Uh, but back in the 50s, they built them under the main structure of the house. So you, all these places look like, they look like some kind of a military base or something like that. And the, the tent that all this surgery thing was in, it looked like, it looked like a military tent. That so it sounds like, road. yeah. And, uh, and also, one of the parts that I forgot was the ET had told me. Uh, she goes, she had earlier. She had apologized. She, one of the first things she said, she goes, she said, "I'm sorry, we had to give you a vaccination and on the back of your left leg to protect our interest." And uh, and I looked on the back of my left leg, there was nothing. And she said, "No," she said, "Back there." <laughs> she said, "Back there," you know. And uh, and I didn't think about it, but you know, after all this was over, and I went back the next day, I looked. My wife said, what's that on the back of your leg? And, I, and there was a, a triangle mark on the back of my left knee, right where the ET had told me that they give me the vaccination. And I, and I actually took a picture of it. I got to see that photo. Yeah. Interesting. So, uh, that was the ET vaccination that they give me. And it, anyway, so now I'm looking, you know, I'm talking to this Jonathan guy. And I was thinking, you know, when he's told me his name, Belisi or something like that, I'm going, why can it have been Jones or Smith or something like that? I'm still going. I want to try to find this guy and find out if he's still, you know, if he's still around in South Africa or what the deal. But he said that he volunteered for this. He said they were looking for contactees over the age of 50 who were having sexual dysfunction to go. That were willing to go through this procedure. Was what he told me. You got to find them. And he said his reward for doing this was they were going to bring his wife. They were going to bring his wife to him, and she was going to get to spend time there. And uh, he was going, she's going to be, she said, she never believed my alien or, or UFO story. He goes, she's going to be shocked when she comes comes here. She's going to have a heart yeah, attack. Yeah, I'm thinking, yeah. When she sees that 17-inch augmented penis that they put on you, like, she's really going to be shocked, you know. My God. What is you that know? like? Well, for the... She came back out. And she goes. She said, "Ronnie, last time we talked, he said you're willing to do whatever it takes, you know, for the people of your world, and the people of our world, to get together." And she said, "You can see we've had an augmented penis uh, put on the clone." And she said, and, "And we're basically you're basically here for the function test." She said, "We have a young uh, female. They said that the augmented penis is better interact with the cat species." And she said, we have a young female in here who's going through an extra cycle. Now, you have to realize the extra cycle, extra is not a word in my vocabulary. I have no idea what extra is. I was never used that word in my whole life. Never heard that word, I don't think, of in my whole life. But the extra cycle is a heat cycle. They say they catch some heat. They're driving the tomcat crazy, you know. But the extra cycle is actually the, the cycle of a cat where she's in the heat to, to be bred, to, to have a, part of the reproductive process, you know. And I had to look it up on Google later, you know. So, you know, that's another one of my proof that it's like, who would have a dream and use words as not in a vocabulary? You know, nobody's ever done that, and nobody, nobody's ever remembered had dreams that you can remember this kind of detail. You know, and and, and they told me at one point they said, you know, this is, this is not a state of sleep. This is a, a reality, and the, and you remember every aspect of it. And when the people in your world meet the people. Of our world here, because it's safe, safe from viral and bacterial harm and physical violence. She said, "This is when the people of your world meet us here. They will remember every aspect of the conversation when they go back." 
She said it's an alternate reality. It's not a state of sleep. And 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 that and I believe that's what this is because I've never had a dream where I can remember this kind of detail. You know, when she comes back out and she's gone, like, you told us you were willing to help us any way you could, and uh, and she said, are you still willing? And I said, yeah. You know, I, I didn't know what I was actually getting myself into when I made this arrangement. Right. But I'm here, and I. And they, they're holding me to my word. I shouldn't have said it if I didn't mean it, but they're holding me to my word. And I'm here, and, and we got the young fat female in there. She's bombed here to help us out. She's, in a, she's going through an extra cycle, and it would help to, uh, she, she goes, if she's bred, she will get out of the extra cycle quicker, and it would help her out as well to volunteer. She has volunteered to, to help in the function test. And she, and she said, they're in there right now waiting. They're waiting on us, and they're not. And I'm going, like, you know, it's like we're on the time schedule here. We're ready to go. You know, and I'm like, okay. So, all right, yeah, okay, I'm yeah, willing to help. Because she pulls this stuff out, squirts it under my nose. It smelled, it smelled like a cross between sunflower and cat pit. And she sprayed it underneath my nose. And the next thing, and she told me, she said, "Go to take off your shorts, or it's gonna hurt if you don't." And I had this slightly shorts that I was wearing off. And uh, it's like stretchy shorts. I stretched them off, and I noticed that they had like Converse shoes on this thing, but you could tell they weren't real Converse shoes. These, these are alien reproduction Converse shoes. The toes weren't right. But I know what Converse shoes look like, and they had two socks on this thing. Man, I wouldn't. You wouldn't catch me dead wearing a pair of two socks. <laughs> Maybe back in the seventies, I would have. But I hate two socks now. And then this this body, this clone body, was wearing two socks and these Converse shoes, and wearing these stretchy shorts, man. And uh, I pulled these shorts off, and, and, and I, like I said, this thing was hanging down there. My God, it was like hanging down there, down to my knees. Jeez. And, and I told the gunner, I said, my God, man, that thing must be two feet long. And he goes, no, he goes, no, it's 17 inches. He said, he said they told me it was 17 inches, not a bit longer, not a bit shorter, exactly 17 inches. And he I acted like he's almost got offended tonight. He said, you know, I said, no, no. I said, I, no, I, I, I believe it. You know, I said, I said, I do concur, man. I said, that, that looks like exactly about 17 inches, you know? And he goes, it is. He goes, it's exactly 17. He said, they made a point to point that out, you know? And I said, all right. Well, and he sprayed that stuff under my nose, and this thing, man, it stood up like a flagpole. <laughs> I think right up immediately. This thing is not big around, but it's long and skinny. And uh, I'm thinking, oh, hell. And, and she said, well, they're waiting on us. So we go marching in the tent. We go through the air wall. And I'm in there. Okay, there's this. Now this time there's this cat woman. She's climbing up on this. She's climbing up on this uh, stretch. She's climbing up on this operating table, and she's strapping her ankles down herself. So I know she's not a prisoner because she's strapping her own ankles down. And then she puts her hands back, and they spread the they spread the table apart where each leg, one leg goes to the right leg goes to the right, left leg goes to the left. And they, then they start strapping her ankles down. And uh, this this cat female, she's young. She's younger than the other one, and she looks different. She's white and with the same black stripe, and, and you can see she's got black hair. She's got more of a rounded face. She doesn't have her whiskers trimmed off like the other one did. Her whiskers are long and kind of hang down maybe 10 inches out of her top lip. And they're not near as big and thick as the other one is, and she just has the appearance that she's a, a lot younger. And uh, and anyway, so I go walking in there, and the ain't, I mean, like I said, the doctor, the, the, his three nurses, and then the cat lady, the cat lady with the PP, with all the PPE on, is there as well. And so there's like a crowd of us in there. And uh, the same doctor, he goes, oh, hey, well, when you have a sex, and he said, you feel like you're fixing a jacket, and he said, leave it, 
He said, he said, I want full penetration and leave it there. So he's like barking instructions at me, you know, right here before I'm even having sex with this gal. She started strapping stuff in the table. They told me for my own protection. And, uh, and anyway, so I, just, I get it away <laughs> as quick as I can. And my God, there's a lot, a lot of stuff came out. Like I said, uh, the sex stuff around the ejaculation part was like almost like a byproduct product of having to take the, the yeah you wouldn't want to trade our ejaculation for the ejaculation of this thing for sure Jeez. it was like it was yeah it wasn't you almost couldn't feel it when it happened but i just know that, yeah it happened and then i, I was still in that angry doctor was looking at me like wait a minute okay no, hold still right there hold still you know and uh and it was like coming out the, the rear end is stuff and I was like all right and he was dripping on the out, out of the table on the floor and and I, he's like all right he goes he said okay he said he said you might want to leave now I said we're, we're gonna do uh, he said we, said we got to do more of a procedure intense procedure he goes you're not going to want to stick around for it and so uh, and they walked me back to the wall back outside where everybody else is at I walked to the air wall again and uh, so uh, I'm, I'm standing there and this this Jonathan guy he's over there uh, he's looking at me, and uh, and so anyway, I'm wondering, you know, what, what, <laughs> what is going on here, man? And uh, the two other two guys are standing out there. Where the the cat lady she comes out, and uh, and it ain't very it ain't very long afterwards, you know. And she's carrying something in her hand, and it's a bag. And inside the bag, and she hands it back to me. She goes, she said, okay, she said, what we want you to do is, this. she said, this is the this is the female reproductive organ. And she said, uh, we want you to put this on on your penis, put this on the, the penis and see if it's long enough to reach the opening in it. And I'm thinking, my God, how am I going to do this? This is like a bag of gut. And uh, she said, well, these guys can help you. She sends over these guys. She said, they're willing to help you. She said, they'll help you. And I said, well, I said, first of all, you know, I said, we got to we went over to where the picket fence was. We strung the guts over the picket fence to the part where the, the open end is. He sprayed the stuff under my nose again. Well, I, I felt stupid because everybody's sitting there looking at me. I thread this, I thread this basically with this organ, hanging over this fence over this erect penis again. Because I mean, so she sprayed that stuff under my nose again. It stood right back up again. And, and I threaded that thing over the end of it. And, and you can see a hole in it. I guess maybe that's the hole where the, the semen goes into something else where the, maybe the eggs are or something. Anyway, I said, look, yeah, you can see, you can see the end of it right here. And I said, yeah, you know, that's good. She goes, she said, well, if you don't mind, she goes, slide, slide it up and down and, and see if you can orgasm it again. I'm going, oh my God. I got three people, I got four people sitting here watching me. I'm supposed to jack off with this piece of gut hanging over a picket fence. He's serious, man. You know, how awkward. And I'm thinking, well, I split it up and down a little bit, and I'm going, look, I don't feel anything. I don't feel like anything's going to happen. So I pull it. She goes, all right, well, that's fine. She goes, so I pull it off. She said, put it back in the sack. We gathered it up. We put it back in the sack that she brought it in there. And then all of a sudden, this this penis starts, the ejaculate starts coming out of the end of it, and, it's, and it drips on my, drips on this fake tomboy shoe that right on the toe of it. And, and and I'm looking at and this Jonathan guy, he chuckles, he thinks it's kinda of funny. And and I'm kinda of looked down in frustration because this shit just ripped out of it on my damn, on the shoe that I was wearing. And she goes, Well catch it, you know, put them catch it in the sack. So whatever is dripping out of it, they catch it in the sack wrong with the cup. So, and uh anyway, she says, uh she said, Oh, she said, We 
you know, we appreciate you helping us here. We thank you. And she said, we need to get you back. And she said, uh, she said, uh, I said, well, you don't want me to go back in the tent? She said, no. She said, just, she said, just sit down right here on the curb. And, uh, and she grabbed it. I don't know. She seemed like she had some kind of little, uh, device in her hand or something. And she said, just sit right here. She said, these guys that we can carry you back in when it's time. She goes, but we don't want the, we don't want you to fall down like before. She said, so just sit down here. And she, she had me lean against the counter, lean against her legs. And I think she put something on my head. The next thing you know, I'm back. Um, back in my body, back in Ranger Texas, in bed, and I wake up. Oh, shit. And uh, I felt really blessed. For some reason, man, after all of this, all this stuff went down, I woke up, man, I feel really fresh. You know, and I remember every stinking detail. No, oh, why wouldn't you feel refreshed? And uh, yeah, when you take your spiritual consciousness out of your body, your body rests really well. <laughs> you got everything yeah. taken out of your body that time, yeah. But I didn't think about the mark on my back of my leg, you know. I I got up and I went to work and I came home in the afternoon and and I was in the bathroom and and uh, I think I was taking a shower. We get in the shower and my wife said, "What is that on the back of your left leg?" And I looked and I'd been scratching the hell out of it all day long because it hit like crazy. And then it, it hit me. I was going, "Holy crap!" I remember. I remember she said that they did something to the back of my left leg, and there it was. There were the marks on the back of my left leg. The vaccine. Yeah, I gotta get I gotta get a picture of it. So I got a picture of it. You know, I had the physical evidence to back up the story. You know, it's like this is the physical evidence to back up the story. I gotta get this. That's very interesting, by the way, this whole story. You know, we've heard all about, you know, like grays and different alien beings out there, you know, wanting to sort of have this sort of experience with humans because the, the story goes in terms of the grazing. You know, I've heard all kinds of theories, but one of the theories is that, you know, they cloned themselves so many times that they kind of weakened their production system. So, you know, they really can't reproduce the way, you know, the, the way that humans can. That, well, that's you know, I, have a, a, I have a theory, too. Go ahead. I want to hear this. My, my theory is that it's like the little aliens that ransack, they are subservience of these other guys. I, and I believe that gray aliens are some sort of, I think they're a, a viral resistant species that they can, and they told me their brother worked with this raw genetic sample. And like the sample they worked with there, they had to synthesize because it wasn't raw sample because I was out of my consciousness. I was out of my physical body. And she told me that his brother worked with raw material. She said they had to synthesize the it. And then she went on to tell me the, the genetic modifications they make and how they uh, gourmet is they design it for where whatever planet they're going to use it on basically and uh, the, the modifications that it would go through and all this and she went you know into a lot of detail on stuff that i didn't know anything about and and at, at one point the the blue lady told me she said to tell everybody to tell the people of your world uh, that when we make open contact that all that we ask is that there be no physical contact uh, without first Asking permission and, uh, and getting uh, and getting the permission uh, if they get it granted, you know, you want to ask permission before you contact, make physical contact with them and get approved uh, a remark of approval, you know. So basically, what they what they ask is like they want you to ask before you shake their hand. May I shake your hand? May I hug you? And then they say yes or no. And she said that is, that's all they ask. And that sounded to me like they're trying to set up a first rule of contact, really. You know, 
I can't remember the exact wording that she used, but it was, yeah, you know, it was, it sounded like a, you know, the first rule of contact, like you make no physical contact unless you ask permission and the, and the, and the permission is granted. Yeah. And by both parties. And Ronnie, you know, by both parties. Ronnie, and, and just to, um, you know, I don't really mean to take our attention away from the subject off entirely, but I, I did want to redirect your attention to the whole, you know, the whole soft disclosure from the, the Pentagon recently. Um, you know, it wasn't really anything I was expecting or had any hopes for, to be honest with you. I wasn't really expecting any sort of tangible answers from the, the Pentagon in regards to UFOs or anything they've been studying for the last, I don't know, 40 years now. Um, right. Right. What do you make of that, by the way, Ronnie? Just really quickly here before we go back to the sexual energy exchange between humans and greys. You know, I'm just I'm just happy that the government is to some degree coming forward and saying, yeah, we're seeing stuff and that we don't know what it is. Basically, is what they're saying. And we they've been saying that. But, you know, the, uh, but now it's it's causing more questions. People want to people want to know. But now, if you know, how can you just sit there and not know? You know, you got stuff flying around your ships and your warheads and you know, over our airspace, and you can't do anything about it. You're not worried about it, you know. And so now it's causing more questions. But you have to realize, you know, they're they're kind of in a sticky situation, really, because you know, even if they come out and say, "Yeah, we've known about aliens and and uh, we've known for quite a while," and, uh, and then because because you, I, then the next question is going to be, "Oh, really? Well, what have you done to protect that secret?" Have you killed? Have you killed people to protect that secret? Who have you killed? Who killed them? How have you killed them? You know, did you kill, did you kill Phil Snyder? Who all did you kill? You know, so there's sticky questions on down the road. And, uh, you know, they're, I'm just happy to see them come out to some degree and say, yeah, you know, not only are, are normal people seeing this stuff, so is the military seeing this stuff. We've always known there were. I mean, I don't need the government to tell me that, that ET exists. I know, I know when I see them firsthand, you know, I don't need it, but, uh, but I want a government that is honest with the people. You know, I, I want a government that's honest with me. I don't want a government that beats around the bush and tries to decide what I need to know and what I don't know. I'm a big boy. I can handle the truth. I've had to handle the truth. Now, like I said, man, right. I had to handle the truth the hard way. I, I looked AT. In the eye, you know, Ronnie, why do you, why do you think the government is like that? By the way, well, why do you think they just can't come out and just say, you know, aliens do exist? I, I think it, I think it's because they don't want to they don't want to stop the religious community. Is that what it know? is? They have such a yeah, stronghold on the just, religious people. Yeah, they just they don't want to ruin. They don't want to wreck wreck your religious beliefs by ah, you know, and I they see. think it would by coming out and and saying, hey. ETs exist, and the Bible don't say anything about it. But that don't, to me, that don't mean there is or there isn't a God. I mean, there's there's plenty of room for God and ETs. I'm sure there you is. Know? You never, yeah. Well, we don't know that for sure. So you know, you can't really, right. yeah, you can't really be that negative about it. And, and in fact, you know, when the ET the ET has sought, has said that the people that they had been at war with were very similar to our descriptions of the fallen angel, because like I said, so they have they have researched them us enough to know that man when the, the people that attacked them and that they were at war with were very similar to the description of our fallen angel and uh, and maybe earth was a staging area for that interdimensional attack you know we don't know that and in fact i wonder that if they found us in the latter part of the 40s maybe that's who shot the shot the graves down over roswell you know it's kind of funny how you know 
you don't be an interstellar traveler and then fly to Earth and crash. Right. Know? So maybe these guys found the Greys. Maybe the Greys were in collusion with the, the other guys that they were at war with, and these guys took them out. Never know. You can't rule it out. We found them there at Roswell, you know, so we wondered they didn't just crash. Maybe they didn't crash. Maybe they were shot down. A, a good maybe, way, you know, maybe, a maybe good way to... Pyramids and, yeah. Maybe them pyramids themselves are the leftover remains of an interdimensional weapon system. You never know. And, you know, you can't really rule these things out because just a few years ago, Ronnie, if you told me that there would be some sort of like flu-like virus uh, out there, I would have told you that you're full of crap, Ronnie. I, yeah. So, you know, we can't really rule these things out. Not anymore. Like I said, they didn't tell me all the answers. And, and it's like a, every time I've met with these guys, they have an agenda. They're very agenda focused and they're in a hurry and they don't have time to be sitting around asking a bunch of stupid questions that Ron has. And, uh, but it's like I said, I think the best thing I could probably do is to, to do everything they asked of me and to stay right. good with them. And I, I think they're, I think I'm in good with them. I think they kind of like me and, uh, and I'm going to keep this conversation. I'm going to, you know, keep this conversation going as long as I can. I'm going to try to help them in any way I can. And I'm doing it for not just Ron. I'm doing it for everybody. Right. And Ronnie, we are coming to a close very soon here. And I do appreciate your time with us. I know we're going to, you know, we're going to do a shorter interview here, but we kind of went over the, the time here because we've had such a great time, me and you here. Yeah, I know. It's, 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 it's a long, long story. Oh, yeah, yes. It takes so long to tell it, you know. I know, and we haven't really even got into it uh, too deeply here, but of course, you know, you will return soon and we'll get more into all, all, all the, the rest of the story here. But of course, Ronnie, um, I did want to just quickly uh, mention any, anything else that you have uh, coming up, or if you do, any more conferences or any more appearances anywhere, anything of that nature. Right, like I said, the, the, the Ronnie Dawson UFO stories out there, it, it has the last two chapters that I added in that happened in 2020 in it. So, uh, you can, it's an ebook for like $4.99 is all. And yeah, I think there are people buying printed versions of it. I didn't know they even made printed versions of it, but they're printing copies of it. They have the pictures in it. And like I said, if you want to see some of the pictures I've caught along this journey, uh, just go to the Google Images and just type in Ronnie Dawson UFO pics. Very nice. And uh, Ronnie, just another hypothetical question just to ask you here. I'm going to throw this one out there. Once in a while, I'll ask a guest this random question. But, you know, let's say our our alien friends did come down and they have this sort of technology that could take you into the future, let's say. And they proposed an offer for you, Ronnie. They said, well, Ronnie, we will take you to another planet and, you know, you could do whatever you want. You'll have plenty of money and blah, blah, blah. But um, what we're going to do is we're going to take you on this planet and you'll have front row seats to when the Earth pretty much ceases to exist. Um, Would you accept their offer, Ronnie, to sort of, you know, colonize a planet on your own away from any other human? So basically, it's just going to be you and these sort of aliens. And, you know, what they want to do is start some sort of like, let's say, like a hybrid program. And, you know, they chose you, Ronnie, but... You know, in return, they kind of want you to watch the Earth sort of end, basically. Right. What would you t- right. would you take them up on that offer? It'd be tough, you know, because you know I got a wife and kids that, that depend on me here. You know, they they'd be lost without me. So you know, it, it, I I kind of have some abandonment issues I have to work through. You know, 
with my family. But uh, yes, and age doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. And age doesn't matter, Ronnie. They're gonna extend your life even further. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, you'd have to go for that. You know, they're yeah. gonna make you younger. Oh yeah, and you know, and if, if they ever do figure out how to travel back in time, man, I guarantee you. I could take everybody back to the big mothership flyover in Coleman, Texas. And but what, but what if they that. said no, that they can't do that? It's just you, though, Ronnie. Oh, yeah, you would have to. You would, would go forward? To. Yeah, yeah, you would have to. Take the adventure? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I might have to do you know, the same, like Ronnie. I'm, I'm 60 years old, so, you know, I ain't got that much longer left anyway, so <laughs> I might as well make the best of it, you know? Might as well make the best of it. Once again, Ronnie, I do want to thank you for being a part of the program. It's always a honor and pleasure to have you here, Ronnie. So we will definitely do this again very soon. It won't be another couple years from now. We'll do it much sooner this time. All right. Well, thank you, Michael. It's been a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much, Ronnie. We'll talk again soon, my friend. All righty. Good night. Good night. And there he goes, boys and girls. That was Ronnie Dawson. Fantastic. I told you we were going to have a bit of everything here tonight. We had some COVID talk. We had the alien talk. A little alien sex. I mean, what else could you ask for? I want to thank all of you out there for hanging out with me this evening. I feel like I could have been here a bit longer, but I was here for a good time, not a long time, as all of you know that by now. Now, folks, keep in mind, I'll be doing more shows again. I'm going to be more active here on YouTube and, of course, on Patreon. This episode was actually supposed to be for those on Patreon. Please sign up ASAP. If you are a long-time supporter, definitely sign up. You'll get the history of the show, how it all formed. You'll get a better understanding about me, about the show. Regardless, if you are just here for the free show, that's cool too. I can respect that. But for those who want more, patreon.com forward slash Michael Deacon. I think somebody was even bootlegging a few episodes recently. Listen, it's something else when I find my own show on some random torrent somewhere. You like the show, I get it. I'm flattered, but remember, if you like the show, definitely sign up. Three, four, five dollars. That's all it takes. Low price for high entertainment, baby. Yeah, just the way you like it. Don't forget to take us on the road, by the way. We do have the podcast version available for all of you out there. I recommend CastBox. That's kind of my favorite, but don't worry, we do got your back. But Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, we got all of that. Just search Michael Deacon. Before we part ways and go on our separate ways, I do want to thank all of you out there for pressing play. It warms the soul. International listeners out there, thanks for hanging out with us once again. It was a good time. Please stay safe, everyone. Reporting to you live, direct from El Centro, California, my name is Michael Deacon. And I'll see you in a dream. And with that said, the world is a mysterious place. And life itself is a mystery. Until next time, good night everybody.
it okay if I have sex with your husband? Mike in Montclair. What's up, Mike? Governor, next time you want to sit on a beach that is closed to the entire world except you, yeah. You put your fat ass in a car and go to hey. one that's open to all your constituents. Uh, well, you know, not just you interesting, and yours. Interesting, Mike. You know what? That what's beach, that? that? What's beach, that, Gov? You know, Mike. I love, I love getting calls from communists in Montclair. Communists in, in Montclair. Montclair. You know, you're a bully, you Governor, are, no, no, and I don't what? like bullies. You know what? And listen, I'm not the one who came on the air. Hey, hold on, Mike. Mike, I'm not the guy who came on the air. Swore on the air. And so you did. I, 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 the heck out yeah, of you know, you're swearing on the air, Mike. You're 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 a bum. You know, so you let's so let's just go, go, but, oh, bad optics, okay? Mike. And I'd love to come look at your optics every day, buddy. Oh, that's you know what, and you know what, Mike. What matters is what you do. That's what matters. And what have you done? <laughs> what I just did was stop.